and welcome to Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on the show talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. This podcast is sponsored by Syncback Pro, the professional photographer's tool to keep your images safe. How safe are your photographs? Or to put it this way, how would you feel if you permanently lost some or even all of them? The fact is, there are very real risks in storing your digital images on a hard drive, even if they're backed up to an external device. There's ransomware, hardware failure, file corruption, virus infection, and even accidental deletion or destruction. Syncback Pro makes this problem go away permanently. Syncback Pro is the professional photographer's tool to back up photographs, images, documents, and data files. Once set up, it keeps your files safe, quietly and reliably in the background. So if problems occur or disaster strikes, you'll have nothing to worry about. Your photographs will be safe. Which is why it's also the backup solution that I use myself for my own photographs. Take advantage of an exclusive 25% discount today by going to www.backup.sg. The software will never expire, meaning your photographs are safe forever. That's www.backup.sg. Give your photographs the protection they deserve. And now, on with the show. TJ Thorne is an Oregon-based fine art, landscape and nature photographer. The inspiration for his work is found in the simplicity and calming aspects of nature and is often evident in his photos. Photography is his means of experiencing nature in a much more intimate way. Nature envelops TJ in his true surroundings and his appreciation for life. For TJ, there's a difference between being in nature and being in nature. We talk about his epiphany in looking at nature's colours as abstracted elements, his move from full-time management in a food business to photography as a business, as well as the importance of taking crappy photos. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, TJ, welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, how are you doing? It's the morning for you. It's yeah, it's morning for me. It's uh, it's quite a nice autumn morning here. It's uh, it's it's been pretty warm since summer. So summer was actually pretty cold here, which is no really. Uh, and when I say cold, I temperate. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're uh, coming out of our winter. You know, I live in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, so um, our winter is basically just wet. Uh, yeah. Winter's optional, so if we want snow, we can go to the mountains. Yeah, um, right. but it's been pretty rainy lately. We've had a like now's the we're on the cusp of going into the dry season where it doesn't rain, and during that time we get a lot of storms kind of rolling through. So we've had a lot of uh, big thunderstorms and a lot of hail this year. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's we're I'm looking forward to some nicer weather though. Yeah, well, we've we've had heaps heaps of rain, and it it was forecast actually to rain today, but uh, doesn't look like it's going to so far anyway. Maybe later. <laughs> Keeps it green up here at least. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I've, uh, no no doubt we'll be uh, back in a drought at, at some stage in the in the next couple of years. So uh, it's it's always that uh, that big long cycle that you get with uh, La Nina and El Nino. Yeah. Anyway, let's stop talking about the weather and talk a little bit about photography. Uh, tell people who you are and why you do what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is TJ Thorne, and I am a photographer based out of the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Uh, just I live just outside of Portland, Oregon, and uh, 
I'm a professional photographer. Um, I teach workshops. Uh, I have a book coming out, which I think we're going to talk about. Um, And basically, my work uh, focuses on the calming simplicity um, that can be found in nature through personal moments. You know, I'm really big on engaging with nature in a very personal and intimate way um, to kind of, you know, we all go to nature for our our specific things and our specific needs. And mine is, you know, kind of like that mental clarity and, Mm. and, uh, feeling all right with myself. So that's uh, kind of what my work is based in and focuses on. And, you know, that typically results in smaller scenes, textures, patterns, and uh, yeah. intimate uh, abstracts and stuff like that. So cool. Okay. So where did it all start? It was it a, you know, something that you've always been passionate about? Is art something that you've always been into? Or has it come a little bit later? Um, I'd say it came a little bit later. I never really considered myself a creative person growing up uh i really liked art class in you know middle school and high school um but you know i didn't find photography really until i was forced to get a camera for uh um i was was in culinary school and one of my classes yeah one of my classes so that was my original career uh, right out of high school and one of my classes was the job i was an apprentice so i had to take photos of the food and the things that i was doing to put in a workbook to yeah. submit for class credit um so i went out and bought a camera and you know that's mainly what i used it for but i really enjoyed it so i uh um you know took it with me to you know i i went to a lot of like punk rock shows and skateboarding oh. and snowboarding um was in my spare time and I just kind of always had my camera with me and, you know, playing around with it with that. Uh, And in 2000, I grew up in Pennsylvania, which is on the East coast of the United States. And in 2021 or in 2001, I moved to the Pacific Northwest uh, in Portland and out here nature is just way more abundant, um, way more accessible. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, naturally I I grew up with a forest in my backyard. So nature um, was just always a part of my life. I played outside. I rarely watched TV. I didn't play video games. Like I spent all my time outside. Yeah. So naturally, you know, that's part of why I wanted to move to the Pacific Northwest. So when I moved to the Pacific Northwest, um, I go hiking and, you know, spend time out in nature, go to the beach. My camera was with me. So it kind of slowly started transitioning. And um, I didn't really, I still didn't really consider it like an art form. I just like, I liked recording things. I liked, you know, being in this little three by two viewfinder and, yep. Um, taking pictures of things and uh, um, not until like you know I think it was 2011 I discovered 500px and I realized that there was like a nature photography community Mm. and I didn't know that you know I knew of of Ansel Adams but I didn't really like know that there was a nature photography genre yeah because all of my photography was just basically going out into nature with and hiking and most of my uh like all the photos that I shared, I shared them on hiking forums because that was my main interaction with nature. I didn't share them on Instagram. Instagram wasn't even a thing back then. Um, yeah, yeah. So it kind of like once I discovered that, you know, the next time that I went out uh, to uh, Cape Kowanda on the Oregon coast, um, I was like, I'm a nature photographer. <laughs> and there was like a little bit more intent and in, like understanding or like, I guess, an identity behind my work. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, it's kind of, you know, I've really started to explore that and, uh, you know, grab a hold of it and and identify with it. And, you know, years and years later, I, you know, I'm doing it full time. So 
um, that's the the Cliff's Notes version of it. But there's a lot of you know self discovery and and things uh, kind of like nestled in into that story. Yeah. And, uh, okay. If you don't mind, I wouldn't mind delving into some of that. Yeah. Discovery and and work through some of that process of where. When was the moment? Is there a specific moment or do you think it was gradual where you started to realise, okay, what I'm doing is art and I'm now more intentional about making art as opposed to going out and doing that recording? Where, yeah. where did that um, sort of growth come from? There, so I don't, there wasn't really like a flashpoint of where I was like, you know, now it's art. Um, I remember, you yep. know, when I was just kind of really starting to focus on nature photography and identifying like, like as a photographer before I was just like, I was just using a camera and, um, and I remember at the job that I was working, there was, uh, we had an artist on, on staff and, um, he asked me, he's like, do you consider yourself an artist? I'm like, no, he's like, you are, I'm like no like there's no there wasn't any like intent or like you know i was just like i was going out and taking pretty pictures right um and then like but that like i remember that moment and like ever since then i was like you know i kind of explore that like what is what what does that mean right Mm. like what does calling yourself an artist mean and you know in my teaching i i find that some people are even even hesitant to call themselves photographers and you know labels are labels you know i have my opinions about them now um you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of them, but, uh, you know, I think. Uh, they help people access what someone's thought process. Yeah, it can, right. it, it can give you a better of an understanding, but it doesn't like, it's not a definition. Like, I don't like no. the definition, but I, I yeah. you, it can be used as like a way to kind of understand and, you know, and give yourself a, um, a little bit, a little bit of a framework, I guess, into uh, kind of your approach. Um, but I get, you know. I've always, I've always been kind of like a vulnerable, vulnerable person. Like I, 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 you know, I've had my mental struggles and I've had struggles with alcoholism and, and I talk about those things and sure. back, you know, prior, I, there's a, there's a breaking, there's a, there's a, 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 a switch in 2017, which I'll talk about. But prior to that, you know, going out, so like going out into nature, it was always like my, like when I was going through my battle with alcoholism, um, like going to nature was like how I dealt with it. You know, yep. like when I knew went to nature, I knew that I was safe, that I wasn't going to drink. And yep. that instead of like, you know, drinking and filling my mind and my heart with like, you know, that guilt and that shame, I was out in nature trying to find gratitude, you know, that I get to like be standing next to this creek in a beautiful place. And, you know, so that was that was uh, really important to me. And I always wrote about that whenever I would release, release photos. So I would like, you know, put a photo of like a waterfall out and talk about like what I was going through and things like that. So I kind of, it kind of became associated um, with my work, like kind of like being vulnerable and talking. Um, In 2017, uh, there was kind of like this realization that I had, because I kind of started becoming really uh, detached from my work where I wasn't really being fulfilled. Like the, the, the okay. journeys out into nature were definitely fulfilling, but it felt like my work wasn't necessarily living up to um, the reasons that I went out. Yeah. So right. in 2017, uh, my girlfriend and I took a trip out to Southern Utah mm-hmm. and, you know, I being from the Pacific Northwest and kind of cutting my nature photography teeth on the wide angle landscape scenes, I had my wide angle on. I think I, I had a really cheap, terrible telephoto. Um, 
that I got some great shots on. Uh, but I, I had my wide angle on, and you know, I'm in the desert with like all this stuff that's really far away, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And we were sitting next to a river, and I saw these leaves, these cottonwood leaves, kind of like blowing in the wind and flashing in the light. And I was like, what if I shot those, like not just as leaves, but like out of focus? And I composed with the colors and the tones and the flashing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. And like I did that. And when I, and I spent like, you know, a good hour and a half, two hours almost just like walking up and down the river, shooting things in harsh light out of focus. And I loved it so much. It was like, it was a different world. I was able to like, you know, get in my viewfinder and, you know, it was like everything else just kind of went away. And I realized that, you know, what I was drawn to was the more intimate plays of light and kind of like those personal moments. And like, I didn't understand that until I went to, to uh, Utah because before, you know, it kind of became like, I'm going to go to this place and capture a photo. So yeah. my work. So you had a stopped. you had a, a view in mind or a, a particular. Right. Yeah. Like I knew what the waterfall looked like. And, you know, and you follow like, you know, there's a there's kind of like a formula. Like you want the the stream in the lower third and you want the splash yeah. pool about yeah. here. And you then the waterfall comes down and then trees and foliage. You know, there's kind of like a formula. All, a lot of waterfall shots kind of all they're all pretty similar. Yeah. Um, so that was like my thing, you know, and, and like, you know, getting a an, a shot, um, a, a, you know, you wanted to differentiate yourself. So it was always just like, what can I put in the foreground of this waterfall that nobody else put in? And like, and that was the defining feature. You know, yeah. it wasn't necessarily my interaction with nature um, or telling the story of my interaction with nature. It was like, how good can this photo look and how different and creative is the foreground going to be? Mm. Um, but when I went to New York, kind of like I having that realization in coming back to the Pacific Northwest, um, things kind of just started to come together. And I realized that, you know, it, it is those smaller intimate plays of light, those smaller scenes, those personal moments that I go to nature for yep. um, that I should be pointing my lens at. And, you know, it, so in 2017, there was like that epiphany and my work kind of just like switched from going, you know, I kind of like reclaimed the reason that I went to nature before, you know, I was going to, I was going out to take photos and nature happened instead of going out into na nature and having photos happen, right? So uh, I kind of basically like, like almost like a switch, just threw away that whole results-driven process. And now when I go to nature, like I don't go with any kind of expectations. I don't even go expecting to use my camera. And oftentimes I don't. Um, but when I do use my camera, it's because something in nature called to me and compelled me to point my lens at it. Um, yeah. And then engaging with that, uh, you know, that's where I kind of get everything that I need out of my trips to nature that keeps me sane and able to handle everything that I go through in life. Yeah, interesting. So in terms of that creative process, not going out with a preconceived notion of what the image is going to look like in the beginning, how do you resolve the images, I guess, that you're taking in is that done in post processing and you go okay yeah it's a it's a selection process these these work these don't and it might be balance it might be tonal balance or or whatever or or is it something more deliberate in the field that you're doing to try and you know get as many results as you possibly can yeah um i don't think about post at all in the field like even i like you know 
I might every once in a while, I might think like something might creep in where, you know, compositionally where I'm like, okay, I need to frame, you know, this, this way. And that kind of doesn't work for the composition, but I know that I can either stretch it out or, um, I can bring it, you know, I can, I can do things like that. Yeah. So there, there's very like maybe every once in a while, uh, something like that creeps in and, you know, I do obviously, you know, I'm photographing and, um, I can't lie and say that there's not a goal to capture an aesthetically pleasing photo, but the whole purpose of looking through my viewfinder is to engage in an intimate way on a deeper level with something that called to me. So when I'm in the field, it's, it's purely that, you know, I am just like, I'm finding gratitude. I'm finding peace. You know, it is my meditation, you know, like, nothing else exists in nature you know when we're you know sitting at our computers we got like facebook we got twitter we got instagram you know we have you know bills we need to pay we have jobs we need to do dishes we need to wash traffic we need to sit in lines we need to stand in you know we have all these like all these things that life has become but when i'm in nature looking through my camera i know that none of that matters like none of that matters especially like if i'm off grid and i don't have a cell signal like the email that i have to respond to there's nothing I can do about it. Yep. Um, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, like I said, like whatever life has become, like it all changes. So or when I go out in nature and, and that just all goes away and I know that I can just like basically get down to the nuts and bolts of existence, which is just me and the thing that called to me. And I'll just pour everything that I have into that moment. Um, so, uh, you know, that that's what I get out of it. And when I come back into um, you know, I download everything to my computer. Uh, you know, it's sometimes when I'm in the field, there's a, there's a moment where I'm like, okay, I really like this photo or whatever, you know, but there are a lot of times where I've had really personal intimate moments that I thoroughly enjoyed and got everything I needed out of it, but I never got a photo. Um, I kind of view it as when, um, when I get a photo, you know, when I, when I interact with these things, um, and I come away with a photo from the experience that can represent it, it's a gift but it's never the goal. So sometimes I get gifts from my experience and my interaction, but um, it's never the goal. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, coming into post and and picking which photo is going to work, you know, that's when I start looking things at a little bit more, uh, um, you know, composition and tones and and, and stuff like that. But that's kind of like my process, but you know, it's every photo is kind of different. There's some photos that kind of, I know in the field, that it's going to be a portfolio photo. And sometimes they, they might take a year or two to, uh, you know, kind of go through my process and make it into the books. Yeah. Right. right. Speaking about the books and, you know, some of your other work, there's obviously themes that come to the fore, moving water, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Do you go out with intent to sort of build that body of work or is it more, you selecting that across your entire portfolio over over time? Um, it's, I've noticed that it's slowly transitioning to uh, having intent, um, which I kind of struggle with because, you know, that can be maybe considered a results-driven mindset, um, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily something that I like force myself to go out and find. But whenever I see something happening, um, you know, I kind of like, oh, you know, there's this uh, theme that I'm working within that this could fit with well within. Sure. Uh, so there, there is um, kind of some of that creeping in a little bit um, that has more to do with a little, my non-nature work. 
um, which I do, I've been getting back into a little bit. Um, but nature, uh, it kind of starts um, with the intent to go out and, and into nature. Right? So um, I have two distinct collections right now, uh, Ebb and Flow, which is my water work. Um, and then uh, Figments of Place, which uh, is more of an experimental, uh, non-literal interaction with nature. And kind of, it, so ebb and flow, it's like anytime I'm around water, um, the, like I seek water out. You know, yep. if I have a decision to go to like 100 places, um, I'm probably going to pick one that has water. When I go camping to like kind of like, you know, get back to myself, it's at a very specific place where I don't have cell signal where there's water. Um, so that's, you know, water is just really important to me uh, in my creative identity, I guess, yep. um, just because of what it gives to me. Uh, and then figments of place kind of became born of, you know, I don't travel a lot. Um, you know, I'm, I kind of, I'm, I'm tethered to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and when you kind of keep going to the same places over and over again, and, you know, I'm not a sunrise sunset shooter necessarily. I yep. shoot a lot in the middle of the day. Um I have to be a little bit uh, digging into my creative tool bag and be a little creative about how I'm interacting with the scenes or interacting with the light so that I can present them um, in visually pleasing ways in a photograph uh, or whatever have you, you know, kind of you lose your creative invigoration going to the same places and shooting the same thing. So, you know, yeah. trying to yeah. get that excitement back, you know, I just dig into that tool bag and I use multiple exposures, intentional camera movement, um, sometimes a combination of the two. I'm just, and it, and it gives me a different interaction with nature where I'm not necessarily looking at the scene in a literal way. I'm more like wondering what I can do with the textures and the tones and the different elements um, and see what the results are. So it kind of makes it exciting because you kind of learn what the results are going to be. Yeah. Um, so it brings in a little bit of that invigoration um, and experimentation. And and in doing that, you know, I you kind of like understand it, it gives you different things. Right. So like, you know, when I'm in uh when I'm, you know, when I'm photographing water, it's usually like a very literal thing. Like I am photographing water um, and it's really important, um, but I know what I'm doing and like yeah. every decision is calculated. But when I'm uh, doing my figments of place, everything's a little bit more playful, a little bit more experimental. That mood to be like really um, personal and deep with nature I typically photograph in a more literal way, but if I'm feeling that I need a little bit more freedom, a little bit more playfulness, a little bit more experimentation, then I typically play in the figments of place way. Yeah. Um, so I kind of get different things out of each interaction. Yeah. So for me, that process of experimentation comes and, and risk-taking, if you like, comes mm -hmm. with the risk that you're going to suffer some failures and, you know, or... You know, you're going to have setbacks in going, okay, well, that didn't quite work. How do you deal with that? And how do you, I, I guess, try to maximise your, your success rate as opposed to your, your failure rate? And I, I guess just in that mindset of, okay, that didn't work, what are you trying to learn from that experience of that not working? Okay. I like that question. You know, I, you know, like I said, it's it's all about the process for me. So, you know, I I know that I have a luxury um, in that I do this for a living, that I go out a lot and that I can spend, you know, a week in one place and, you know, not really even pull my camera out. Um, so, you know, I, I don't take that for granted and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you if you're doing the same things over and over again, you're going to get the same results. Right. Yeah. And I think 
uh, creativity is born of curiosity, right? And where's the curiosity if you already know what you're going to get? Yep. So, you know, you have to be okay with, you know, I, I encourage people. I, you know, part in one of my presentations and on workshops, I encourage people to take crappy photos, take crappy photos, yeah. right? If you put the experience first and the process first, then the crappy photos don't matter because you're already getting what you want. Yeah. Right. And I don't think of photography as taking a photo. I think of it as exploring. The camera is just a tool that I use to intimately explore something. Right. So if I'm intimately exploring that and I don't get any good photos, but I enjoyed the process and I enjoyed that interaction, um, then there's no, there's nothing to worry about. Right. But, you know, doing this for a living, you know, I need to be putting images out, you know, like yeah. people expect to see images. So, you know, there is a little bit of a balance with that. And, you know, I haven't put a, fresh photo on my website since 2021. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm seeing the business results of that, you know, like I'm not getting as, you know, my SEO has kind of been affected by not really updating my website or driving traffic to it um, and things like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see uh, parts of that, but um, I have a very low hit rate on images that go into my portfolio versus images that don't. Um, but I think it's important that as long as you're like engaging with something in a genuine and authentic way, um, I think it's important to continue to do that because then you'll start to understand what works and what doesn't work. You know, like I can give the example of water. Like I remember the first time I pointed my camera at water, yeah. um, I didn't know what I was doing. It was direct light on water. And, you know, that's something that I really enjoy shooting and, and the photos are terrible, but I really enjoyed it. So I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And back then I didn't know that it was um, going to become what it has become. It was just like, oh, that was cool, you know. Um, but once I kind of realized that, you know, this is something that I need to explore with uh, um, some consciousness behind it and things like that, uh, then I really started to apply it and then learn what worked and what didn't work. So if I didn't allow myself to take those terrible photos, um, then I wouldn't be the photographer I am today creating some of the most personally meaningful work that I've created. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the whole ex exploring things and, you know, experimenting with your camera, you might stumble upon something that you didn't even know existed if you hadn't done that. So, you know, doing the same thing over and over again is going to produce the same results. And one of my biggest questions is asking myself, what if, what if I did this? What if I did that? Breaking rules, pushing my camera to its limits. You know, I shoot at absurdly high ISOs. A lot of the time I point at the, the brightest light that I can find. I shoot in the fastest shutter, shutter speed. You know, I'm testing every, every inch of my camera settings yeah. and pushing it to its limits. Um, and it's resulted in like, things that I love to interact with. So um, I think there's a, a big case for being okay with your failures and, and taking terrible photos and, you know, just engaging in, in an authentic way. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I never took formal classes or training or anything like that. You know, I started shooting film. So you kind of learn pretty quickly um, shooting a manual yep. camera and stuff like that. It becomes expensive. Um, the, the mistake. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually, you know, films getting back into it and that includes me. Like, you know, I got my film camera out and um, I haven't, I have like six or seven rules to be developed and I have all of the development stuff and all of the scanning stuff. So I'm going to do it all on my own, but I'm waiting for my son to finish his 
first ever role of film so we can develop it together um but yeah uh no like yeah i i learned shooting film and uh you know just going through the process you know it's not terribly hard to kind of understand uh you know what a camera does um and ways to use it um i think the hardest part is more you know kind of wrangling your creativity and thinking outside the box and stuff which can be hard for a lot of people uh, yep. but i didn't have any formal training um i would say my biggest uh, mentor is my uh, one of my best friends alex noriega yep. um back kind of when i was getting into photography it was more it was more photoshop he's a, a big huge computer nerd uh, so he really understands photoshop and processing and stuff like that and yeah, yeah. um in composition you know he I, so when I first got into nature photography, he was one of the first people that I found and I kind of started chatting with him and we have slowly become really good friends. Mm, um, yeah. But, but yeah, like, you know, the whole technical side of thing and the creative side of things was basically, you know, I'm just an introspective person. I like to understand things. I like to uh, try things that are new, um, which is interesting. I'll talk about that. Uh, um, with, with photography and creativity, I like to try new things, but um, I'm, I'm a creature of habit in, in most every other way. So, yeah, you know, yeah. that's one thing that photography has taught me about myself is that like, maybe I can take a little bit more risks because I, I take a lot of risks with my camera and obviously, you know, taking a terrible photo has a uh, way uh, less repercussions than making a terrible life decision. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, something that I, that I want to kind of derive a little bit more from my creativity is is learning to take a little bit more risks in life instead of always playing it safe and yeah, being a creature right. of habit. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, just uh, going through the process and kind of testing things out. Well, speaking, speaking of taking risks, going out and making landscape photography in particular as a career, how did that come about? What was the thinking behind that? And what were you doing to sort of set that up and say, okay, well, it was a it was a hobby or it was a, a, a side hustle at some point for mm -hmm. those that are you know getting into it and making that decision to say all right well i'm cutting the cord i'm not got any other income this is how i'm going to live how did right. that happen um well i grew up in the restaurant industry and uh cooking for a living and i ended up in a uh, retail food business um and i was uh, a manager i worked for this company for 16 years um and ended up managing the kitchen and the uh the department that sold all that food um so you know i had a we were making two hundred thousand dollars a week in sales and i had a team of 60 people that i was the boss of um and it demanded a lot you know um and in the process of you know in, in the middle of working for this company is when i kind of really started to uh get into photography and understand photography and and I kind of like before I knew about nature photography I knew that I was getting into photography a little bit more and I was like there's a way that I can make money with this and my first thought was wedding photography um I hate weddings and I'm not I'm not like a, a like I, I like the fact I like I've shot a couple weddings and I, I like the the act of shooting, um, but I didn't necessarily like the processing and, you know, that just, it just, it wasn't creatively fulfilling. Yeah, um, sure. So when I kind of discovered nature photography was a thing, it kind of put it in my ear. I was like, Oh, how can I leverage this? You know, I can do art fairs or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and at the time, you know, so I was building, you know, I was becoming really good friends with Alex and uh, my friend Ted Gore. And we talked a lot, like we talked every single day, all day long, we had a chat going and it was just like, you know, we were just immersed in photography. Mm. Um, 
And, you know, in the middle of that, I'm kind of really uh, working in kitchens is really starting, starting to lose its sheen, right? Like it's a hard job. It's a labor of love. It's long hours. It's hard work. It's low pay. Um, And being in management, uh, you know, there comes politics and red tape and kind of like that whole side of things. And, and it just got to the point where like, I gave so much, you know, I, I'm somebody, I'm like an all or nothing type of person. I gave so much to that job and it just became really challenging. Um, So I was like, I'm going to give myself a five-year goal of doing this for a living. And I went to a, a, a showing of uh, the photo Cascadia people. Um, so Sean Bagshaw, Kevin McNeil, like all those guys. And those are people that I looked up to and and they had a showing. So I went there to meet them. And I remember talking to Kevin McNeil and, you know, saying, Oh, you know, I'd like to be able to do this for a living. He's like, dude, just do a workshop, just do a workshop. And so that kind of put it in my ear. I was like, oh, it's not that easy there, Kevin McNeil. Um, <laughs> so then like one day I like, I said something about uh, doing a workshop in our chat and Ted was like, let's do a workshop. I'm like, okay and i wasn't ready for it yeah like at all like i didn't know anything about it um so i started looking into it and you know that summer whenever it was uh or that spring we did a workshop and we sold two sessions out like that um right and you know so you know all this is kind of building and then it you know i'm becoming a little bit more known in photography and i'm getting to the point where i'm like you know getting uh private workshop requests but i can't take the time off for it because I, you know, have this job and they didn't improve my time off or I can't like just call out and let my team down. I'm like, man, I would make as much in two days as I did in like a week working this other job. So like it kind of became the struggle. Um, And then when that management job kind of like ran its course and I stepped out of that role, um, I gave myself a five-year goal to uh, start doing it for a living. Um, Another company came and bought that company out and all of my stock options and my stock that I have with the company was paid out. So I was like, all right, you know what? This is my nest egg. It's the sign. It's now or never. And I've been doing it since. And that was in uh, late 2017. Fantastic. Fantastic. So let's talk a bit about the book. Obviously, the yep. and Flow book has recently come out. What mm-hmm. drove that process of saying, okay, a book's a good idea? Yeah. Um, so it's a book of my water work. It is called Ebb and Flow. This is uh, a, an advanced copy that I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, super nice. I'm really, really happy with it, really proud of it. Um, but, you know, in just the way that I interact with nature um, and what water specifically uh, brings to me and how important it has been in me fighting my demons, uh, it felt like it was more, the work was more important than just throwing up on a website and letting it sit like that. Like I wanted it to, I wanted to present it in a way that was uh, in line with its significance personally. Um, So for me, that meant a book and, you know, it's really, it's uh, there are a lot of barriers to doing a book. Um, One of them is, you know, financial. So uh, I never had the financial capital to pull it off um, until recently. And so that was like one of the very first things uh, that I did when I realized that I could do it was um, dig into my my plethora of uh, water texture, ab- water abstracts and textures and stuff like that and put together a book um, kind of showcasing uh, the beginning of my journey in this relationship that I have with water. Um, and I've been exploring it with intent ever since 2017, trying to photograph it in every way possible. Um, it's kind of hard to tear me away from photographing water um, yeah. when I'm when I'm doing it. So um, there's no uh, 
there's no like um flashpoint of me saying like oh, i'm gonna do a book i just always knew that it needed to be something significant and, and not just kind of like thrown up on a website so yeah um and still now like you you can't find the images on my website except for maybe a couple they're all in yeah. the book so to, to see the majority of the work you got to get the book you, you got to get the book that's uh, not a bad marketing strategy not a not a bad marketing strategy um you know maybe eventually once uh once it gets out there uh, and uh, i've had some print requests um, from people who have seen some of the images and some of them are included in other areas on my website um, yeah. but by and large the collection itself is not so I'll probably put a, a small selection of images on my website, but uh, the majority of them are going to be in the book. So you're working with a publisher or is it a, a self-published? Yeah. Um, kind of a mix of both. Uh, so okay. the gentleman that um, I am working with, his name is Jerry Greer, um, and he has brokered a lot of prints or a lot of books uh, for people by working with the printer and stuff like that, who is based in South Korea. Um okay. So, but he wanted to start his own uh, publishing imprint. Um, so his his brokerage is Mountain Trail Press, uh, yep. and his uh, his uh, publishing is uh, Platinus Editions. Um, and since we kind of both needed something, like I needed a publisher, unless I was going to self publish, um, and he kind of needed somebody to publish, um, we kind of did a mix. So I basically uh, he didn't. I, I covered the whole cost of the book and I'm getting hundred percent of the profits, but he's also helping to um, use my book to build his uh, um, publishing side. And he's going to be doing work with me on that end too. So um, it's yeah. kind of a mix of both. Nice. Nice. So when's it out? Um, so there currently it is what day? what's the date? It's the fourth April 4th today. And yeah. uh, they're on a ship somewhere in the middle of the Pacific ocean on their way. Um, and I am on a trip next week and then I come back immediately go onto a private workshop and the day after I get back from that private workshop, they're supposed to be delivered. So around April 21st is when I'm supposed to get the shipment. Um, and then I'll be working on getting all the pre-sales out, uh, once that comes. Fantastic. Fantastic. And people can buy that on your website, any, anywhere else? Um, no, just the website for now. Uh, and I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but it's going to be pre-sale prices, which is a little bit of a discount until, uh, um, once I get the, once I get the books, once I have the books, um, and I'm able to ship them out as I get orders and the pre-sale price, uh, won't apply and the price will go up, uh, not a huge, not a huge amount, but, um, prior to me getting the books, uh, there is a discounted pre-sale price and yeah. you can go to my website, tjthornphotography.com or, um, ebb and flow monograph uh, com to to get to it no worries this, this will be out uh i think 20 something of my so the last last week okay. of my i think so should i, should I re-answer that and being like oh you can currently buy it now yeah why not <laughs> okay. so okay so the question was uh when is it available is that what the question was yeah yeah um it's available right now. Um, you can go to my website, tjthornphotography.com, and uh, it's going to be pretty prominent on there. Or I also uh, have a redirected URL, ebbandflowmonograph.com, that you can use to get to it. Um, we had uh, pre-sale prices a couple months ago, and these, those went pretty well. But, uh, um, yeah, you can go there, and I have uh, you can get just the book. Um, you can get uh, the book with one print, three prints, or six prints, uh, each uh, a different price tier. Um, and all the prints are printed 
I bought a 44 inch printer that I have no business buying. Um, but, uh, I did anyway, so I'm going to start printing all my own work and, uh, and having control of the whole entire process. So all of the included prints, uh, are going to be printed by my own hand in my, here in my printer. And that's uh, something I'm really happy about. Very nice. I guess one of the things that uh, comes up when people start to look at photography as a full-time career is that balance between their own creative vision and artistic integrity and what sells, what the client demands and what you know those commercial demands are. Uh, how do you balance that? Do you just go, I don't care what the customer wants this is what i do or are you more trying to blame that, that customer feel to it no um you know it's my you know creative authenticity has always been really important to me um and i've never i don't want to say never um i don't i don't think about the customer really luckily you know the photography business that i have built has kind of gone along with that early uh vulnerability um yep. so you know most of my business comes from teaching creative workshops and we don't go out to just capture the icons and capture you know the same photos everybody else does it's more a talk about uh you know there's a little bit more um, of a philosophical side uh about like you know connecting to the landscape in your own way Yep. recognizing opportunities and kind of just basically my whole philosophy behind photography and what I do and and how I do it um, is kind of the focus of the workshops. Uh, so we spend a lot of time just kind of, you know, out in nature um, in the middle of the day, arriving on location um, and, and not necessarily looking for things to shoot, sure. but more uh, being in a receiving mindset. Um, I think uh, the, one of the podcasts I was on uh, with Matt Payne, he called it a uh, transactional so we're not going out for this like transaction with nature where it's like, I'm going to come to you and you're going to do like, it's like we go out and instead of uh, putting energy, you know, that's another way that I kind of frame things in my mind is that instead of going out into nature and looking for something to shoot and putting all this energy out, um, I just let it all go and I let things come in. And then whenever things like kind of interact or, you know, kind of um, catch my attention, that's when I interact with them um, and get lost in my viewfinder. And, you know, I just feel like, uh, those moments, um, you know, those are personal moments to me. Like, you know, a lot of times it might be just a fleeting thing of light. It's every decision in my life brought me to that moment to witness that light hitting that leaf in that way. And when I point my camera at it, it feels like that moment is made just for me. Um, and that's personally significant to me, you know, and what I get out of it is personally significant. So it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's about that. And luckily, that's what I've built my business around. So I'm able to put out work um, that fits within my creative authenticity and, uh, you know, make my money that way. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's hard on the print side. You know, a lot of people like the more dramatic and, you know, it's it's kind of like I'm, it's an, I'm in a niche. So it's harder to find print customers, which is why I had no business building buying this uh, 44 inch printer. Um, <laughs> but I'm determined to uh, to make it work somehow. And, you know, yeah, I've, I've, got I've, I've been getting a lot of orders, uh, like big, like order, like multiple, like, you know, I had a 30 some print order to uh, for right. an apartment complex and it's all been abstracts. So that's uh, a little a little warming. Yeah, that's that's nice to hear. Very nice yeah. to hear. Very encouraging. Um, 
before before we started recording, you you talked a little bit about uh, not liking the marketing side of things. How do you how do you deal with that dislike of you know selling yourself and selling your babies, if you like? Yeah. You, you, um, how do you, how do you get around that and uh, get into that you know hard nosed business mindset that you do need to have to say I'm going to sell myself or sell my um, I suck it up. And I feel dirty afterwards, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, you know, even, you know, I'm, you know, like sending newsletters out, like newsletters, like people are signing up for your newsletter because they want to hear from you. Like they sign up expecting to hear about your services. Um, but I always feel like every time I send a newsletter, I'm just like asking people to give me money. Like, of course, it's on my business. Like, I'm like, they're not just handing me Whatever money. I'm just, does. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a certain, there's a service that comes with it, but like, it's just, I just feel dirty, you know? And like I, I try to not be super overt with it. You know, like if I post yeah. something on Instagram, I'll be like, here's a link that you can visit if you want, you know, and not like check out my new work and click this link to get a free. It's like, you know, I'm just like, like, here's a, you can, if you want, you can go to my website, you know, if you like no pressure, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a good business strategy, but, um, and you know, and I suffer, I suffer from that, you know, and I, I know that it's, you know, I'm being, hyperbolic about it uh you know it's not like you know one side or the other that you can't yeah. do uh you know kind of a blend of two but uh um i don't know you know i'm uh you know i have you know i i don't think super highly of myself and i have low confidence and you know i suffer from mental health things so some of that plays into it you know i have a pretty bad imposter syndrome so um i think you know dealing learning how to kind of deal with those things um will help me in that regard which is something that i'm uh exploring now i you know i'm gonna start ex you know working on my mental health a, a little bit more than i have been um yeah and yeah. maybe a little bit of growth in that area and you know accepting myself more can uh you know help me um in marketing and business a little bit but right now it's uh it's been tough yeah um, it's been I, tough to, I, I i honestly think that uh old adage you know love yourself before you can love someone else you know is it, yeah. very true you you do have to learn to uh i guess love what you you do in terms of hey i'm actually pretty good at what i'm doing and you know i'd, I'd certainly say that about your work you know you're very good at what you do i wouldn't Thank wouldn't you. be talking to you otherwise <laughs> Thank you. But, and yeah, you know, there's obviously enough people out there. You know, you you, you sold thirty prints, you know, which is probably more than I've ever sold across my entire career. So, <laughs> in, yeah, in was, that, that's pretty good going. Yeah, yeah, so, that was that was a really that was a surprise, and that's honestly what enabled me to do the book was uh, yeah. getting that order. So it was a uh, was very helpful. Very nice, very nice. One of the things that you know we're, we're talking, I guess, about the. The things that we don't always like to talk about, but uh, how do you price your work, and what? How, how do you? Is it you come up with a number, or do you sit down and do some analysis and say, "All right, well, the print cost is this, and distribution cost is that, and then I need a certain profit, and certain things, certain images might be worth more because they're more popular." How do you do? You do that analysis, or is it more off the cuff? Um, it's a little bit more off the cuff, uh, you know, um, when I, so one of the things, you know, one of, part of getting this printer, uh, 
to print my own work was to completely revamp my print business because I've tried following other people's models um, yeah. that don't necessarily fit within. Um, they don't they don't mesh well with my personality and my work. Right. Yeah. I was doing like yeah. the trying to sell giant prints, um, super expensive, like going for that really high end market. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had a couple orders here and there, but uh, never would consider myself successful by any means it wasn't yeah, i don't yeah. consider it an income stream even um but a lot of that was you know was based on just kind of like market research and just seeing you know what other photographers were charging and you know i'm a you know coming from a restaurant background and food costs and re costing recipes and stuff like that like you know yeah. I, I i can manage a spreadsheet so i would get spreadsheets and like you know kind of like i had like a list of photographers on one side and they're uh their sizes and their price per square inch um, okay. of that uh, they were charging to see if there was any kind of theme or any kind of like thing going on there. So I did a little bit of that, but it basically came down to uh, kind of seeing where other people were, what they were charging, and then pricing myself a little bit underneath that to kind of build my business a little bit. Um, which again, like I said, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of success with that model. So um, going to this, um, I'm going to basically getting, I'm, I'm simplifying because that's what, you know, my work is, my work is simplifying. It's simplifying my experience. It's simplifying, um, the scene and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm going to simplify my business too. And, yeah. and anytime that I, I do something, um, that is in line with me is when I see results, when I try to do what other people were doing and try to copy it and mimic it, um, I don't see results. Yep. So just, uh, going down to one paper that works for me, um, and like small, medium, large, extra large, and like, you know, doing the bigger stuff by request um, is going to be my model. And, you know, it's going to be the same thing. I'll just look and see what other people are doing. I'm a terrible accountant, um, a terrible uh, businessman. You know, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, it, dissect everything to see, you know, what my costs are, my, you know, what, how much profit I need to make and things like that. I probably should, um, yeah. but it's been working so far. So we'll just go with that. I live, okay, I live so, pretty simply. Go. I was say I live pretty simply. I don't spend a lot of money. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, it's more like I make what I can and then I live within that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's always a challenge for creative people to get into that hard nosed business mindset and understand accounting and marketing and all those other things that you've got to be, particularly when you're in business for yourself, you know, it's a, mm -hmm. it, it, it's not an easy thing to do as, uh, you know, be, be all of those departments that an organization might have, you know, as you, as you know, coming from the, the restaurant business there, there was somebody else doing the marketing and doing the, uh, the imagery around selling the product and, yep. you know, you, had people doing the actual cooking in in under you as a as a manager so you know trying to do it all yourself uh can be can be quite a strain how do you and i think you know i was just a commentary on that i think you know if anybody was considering you know going full-time or you know doing this for a living like um that like studying that over photography is going to be more important more beneficial like i would even say you know if you're planning if you want to do this for a living and you're planning on uh going to a you know school um like go get a business degree understand yeah. that side of things be comfortable with that side of things because um you know stress and frustration is a huge uh impact on creativity and very much so if you're if you're trying to run your business and you don't really know how or you feel stressed out and frustrated by it like you're going to suffer on the creative side so i know i do um so yeah uh that i would say understanding that side is almost 
more important than the creative. You know, we know there are plenty of photographers out there who can run successful businesses um, and, you know, make a really good living, but maybe their images, um, you know, might not have that, the pizzazz that a lot of other people have. So yeah, that comes from their business acumen. Talking about where you live and where you shoot, how has that influenced how you shoot? It's obviously influenced what you shoot because yeah, the um, space around you is what you're what you're shooting. How has it influenced how you shoot, or has it? It's a good question. Um, I don't know if it has because when I look back into my past and places I've lived, I kind of still shot the same way, even if I wasn't aware of it. Um, so I think, you know, obviously what I shoot is impacted by that. Um, and how I shoot, you know, like, you know, here's an example is like when, you know, I, when I go to New York city, um, I'm still seeing the way that I see in nature. I'm seeing abstracts. I'm seeing textures and patterns. I'm seeing plays of light. I'm seeing all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think, you know, as long as I'm still remaining in that, you know, that authentic mindset and just kind of like, um, instead of looking for things, just being open to things like those, those same things jump out to me. So um, I think the the biggest way that it has impacted uh, how I shoot is just by giving me the opportunities to kind of, you know, go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it's changed how I do it, just what I do, you know, or what I shoot. Have you got a favorite location that you just keep getting drawn back to because of something in that landscape or is it? Um, Yeah, I go to a, I go to a specific place in Olympic National Park. um, And that is where I go to like when I'm like, I need to get right with myself and, you know, I'm in a bad place and I need nature and I need to immerse myself. Um, I go there and I go there because there's no cell service. I go there because it's a beautiful um, fairy tale, you know, forest uh, with next to a, ru- a rushing glacial river. Um, yeah. There's not usually a lot of people there. So I can go there and just kind of tune out, tune in and, uh, you know, fill up my spiritual battery. Um, no. So that's like the, the one place that I go, but uh literally like you can like take me anywhere in nature and put me put me somewhere where i can you know smell the smells and feel the feels and hear the hears and uh you know i can i can manage it's just uh i find gratitude for those moments um no matter where i am yeah cool do you prefer shooting alone or with other people yeah yeah definitely alone yeah um then yeah when uh and just because, you know, it's, I just like, I like to go at my own pace. I like to not yeah. uh, feel like I'm keeping anybody um, or anything like that. Like my girlfriend is a photographer as well. And we're uh, alike and different in a lot of ways and the way yeah. we photograph. But like, I know that I can spend an hour photographing the same ripple in water um, and it'll be completely fine. Uh, yeah. But, you know. I, 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 go, I go out with friends and stuff like that. I'm definitely not somebody who like meets up with people that I don't know to go out and photograph. Um, yeah. It's definitely a very meditative and personal process to me. So I like to kind of do it alone. Okay. What's the most memorable photography experience that you've had? Ooh, most memorable. Hmm. I don't know if I have an answer for that because there are all 
significant in their own way. Okay. Um, you know, I, I maybe like, you know, something recent uh, that was is memorable because it was different. Um, you know, a lot of my work, you know, when I'm photographing, it's very calm and peaceful and serene. Um, but last year on one of our workshops in Death Valley, we had a, an, an insane windstorm. Like, yeah. you know, I don't I don't know the kilometers per hour, but it was, you know, like 40, 50 mile per hour sustained winds in the sand dunes. And, and that was invigorating and it was exciting. And, uh, you know, like seeing the looks on the clients' faces and like, you know, like I have like a, a client, a repeat client um, who does a lot of stuff with me and the nicest guy you could ever meet. And he just looked at me and like, I've never heard him swear, but he just looked at me. He's like, TJ, this is awesome. I was like, <laughs> and it was like, just so like, and it, and it was like, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a really reserved person, but I was like, like hooting and hollering. Um, so I think, uh, I think I guess that's a good a good answer. It was a really memorable, uh, exciting thing to be a part of, and you know, just uh, you know, kind of in the windstorm. And we had uh, ten people between me and Alex on our workshop, and I got stuck with uh, two clients that have done numerous things with me who I consider friends. So it was all, and you couldn't see any. There was so much sand you couldn't see anybody else. It, was, it felt like me and these two guys had the world to ourselves, and uh, that was pretty. That was pretty awesome. Good yeah, memory. Cool. cool. Are you one to race home after a shoot and put the uh, images on the computer and get stuck into editing, or are you one that leaves and sit there and maybe think maybe that, in a week think, or a month or? <laughs> yep, I, it could take me a while. Yeah, I'm not I'm not in a hurry whatsoever. And and you know just the the spot that I'm in lately, um, you know with uh you know the creative the the challenges that I'm going through, um, you know, I've been, in, I've been in a bit of a creative writing. I mentioned not putting any work on my website since 2021. Yep. And most of that is because uh, I, I need the beginning of the process. I need that time in nature. You know, I've been going through a lot mentally and emotionally. Yep. Um, so I need that, 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 that front end of the process. But when it comes down to the back end, um, I kind of like need not the pressure of business and work, which is terrible. Yep. Um, but you know, I've been letting that happen. Um, and you know, I, I, but I still want to share things. I just, I kind of want, you know, and this is something that I'm, I'm sifting through with my, my process. Um, but I, I want to feel a little more free on that end, a little less, uh, of the, 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 the demand and the, the responsibility. So, um, a lot of the images that I've been sharing, like on uh, Twitter or in my Instagram stories, like are very lazily processed if at all and most of them are sent from my camera to my phone using the wi-fi yep. um, and then i process them in snapseed banding and sensor spots and everything and like post them in a the story um, because i realize i still want to share things but i don't want to like get home and upload them to my website and keyword and put them on you know set right. up my products and you know all that kind of stuff um but yeah no i I'm very terrible at taking my memory card out of my camera and uploading things to my computer. And I have an insane backlog that I'm working through right now. I have like 15 images that um, I've finally kind of like put through my process in a serious way, rather than just like giving them like, you know, a, a curves adjustment and posting on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a very, I, I like to let things marinate. <laughs> it helps with the process. Yeah. No, that's great. You mentioned uh, sort of some of that community building and, you know, how do you see community in the landscape photography 
fraternity uh, sort of building and how do you how do you think we can support and learn from our peers in the field? Um, I think you know I've made a lot of really good friends in in the uh, in the industry. Um, um, I'm a huge introvert, um, and I I'm just I'm a little bit of a loner, so you know I kind of keep my circle small. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of you know I have I don't have a a lot of friends but the friends that i have are quality and really good friends um so it's it's hard for me to kind of like reach out in that community um and you know feel like i'm including myself um but you know it's it's a very you know we, we photography and nature are important like hugely important to all of us and we all kind of connect in that way so um it's an easy place to find um, people that you connect with and there are a lot of really good people out there i love seeing the work of everybody has um i think uh that just social media in general um has kind of created this dynamic um it's made it easy to disagree and you know every you know the i think uh a lot of uh of the negative things um get more attention than the positive things you know it's it's easy to be riled up about something um and be angry about something than it is to kind of like love something and share something you know that's why like you know how many times you like eat a wonderful meal but you don't leave you know a review on google but that one terrible meal that you eat it's you're writing a review right um so so bad word of mouth definitely travels faster than good word of mouth and and i I think that's true with social media so a lot of times i just kind of get really turned off by all of the drama and all of the arguing and there's always a hot topic of the day right it's um post-processing and how much processing is too much or composites or nfts and now ai and you know I, i i to me it just it takes away from um the creativity and uh you know i i feel like a lot of social media has just kind of created so many opinions about what other people do um that doesn't really affect us and i kind of shy away from it because of that like you know i don't want to you know the and i, I kind of keep my interactions you know i'm just i'm a positive person i like to support people i like to you know i one of my life mottos is lead with love and you know i i want to um leave a positive impact on the world so feeling like i might say the wrong thing um, yep. or getting the crosshairs of the wrong person kind of just leaves me uh, a little sterile um, and basic on social media um, but i try to reply reply to every single comment in a, a meaningful way i try to call every you know thank people by their names and you know that's all important to me because we're all people and we all you know we're not just uh words on a screen or you know profile photos so i try to i try to look past that and see the people behind it um but yeah i think i i kind of i keep the the drama and i think the uh industry at large as a whole kind of like at a a, a arm's length um just to kind of preserve myself my mental my mental health and stuff yeah, it, it's funny people uh, notice that one. You know, they may, they may get you know a thousand comments on a uh, on a post, for example, and you know nine hundred ninety nine are, are, are positive, and there's one yeah. that's negative. And, and yeah, and it's you it, always it focus on that negative one. <laughs> right, it tears you up, and like you know, like that's 
you know, I, I've almost like, especially, you know, there are certain, certain places that are kind of like known for that, like YouTube, like never read the YouTube comments. No, right? no. Um, things like they could be like a picture of like a, a you know, like a, a puppy playing with a tennis ball and somewhere in there, somebody is being racist or they're making it about politics or, yeah. you know, whatever. And it's just like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, social media, it's, it's, it's enabled so many things, but I think uh, this, the side effects of it, like the negative side effects of it are pretty terrible yeah. um, just based on, you know, like how it steals our attention and how addicting it can be. And just like how easy it is to um, type something out and uh, be rude, you know? So um, it's, I am very cautious of it. Um, and, you know, I try to, you know, I have my issues with it. You know, I, I probably spend way more time on it than I should, but uh, um, I'm trying to, wrangle that in yeah i've taken to asking people that leave negative comments if they're okay yeah 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 you know i I try try to change the conversation a little bit (laughs) yeah like you know i've you know you kind of like like one time there's this guy that was mad at me in traffic and he's like yelling at me and i was rolling like i'm like oh i'm sorry like do you do you think you're going to be okay like do you think you'll get through this yeah. Like, like, and then just like my my, I guess my hope is like you know a that you know I'm kind of insulating myself from like really like letting that affect me, and b that like maybe they'll be like, oh, you know what, this really isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I it's reacted. Yeah. yeah. Like, but you know, we we all everybody has their thing that they're going through and that they're struggling with, and you know they deal with that in different ways. Um, sometimes it's taking it out on other people and. Um, you know, sometimes it's holding it in and then it's just like, it becomes too much to hold in and then you explode. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. you know, I try to not, uh, let that, let, let somebody else's trash blow onto my side of the street, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, good, good philosophy. What do you see, uh, as the future of landscape photography and what do you see as the biggest challenges facing landscape photographers at the moment? Um, you know, I don't know. So I don't think about things like that. And, you know, I, you know, I know a lot of people right now are concerned with AI and like, there's like the, the arguments all around that. And some people are really upset about it. And some people are like, Oh, it's great. It's great. It's cool. And then there's the whole, you know, I I don't get involved in all of that. You know, all I know is uh, what I do Mm. and what it gives to me. Um, And that's, that's all I know. Right. Uh, So You know, I, I feel in terms of, you know, I, I feel like, you know, there is a more of a focus and a shift on intimate um, scenes and things like that, which is in, encouraging um, because, you know, we've, you know, we've all seen the same photos over and over and over and over and over and the same comps over and over and over and over and over. Um, so things become a little stale. So anytime people are, you know, I know what I got out of, I know what photography has given me. And yeah. what it what I've gotten in life out of it. Um, so anytime that I see people kind of like really taking an interest on growing their creative vision and uh engaging with uh photography in a more personally meaningful way, and that's not to say that like you know, bigger landscapes aren't personally meaningful or can't be significant no. or um can't be beautiful. Um all I know is what I get out of it, and I know that like it's those intimate things. So um it does seem that, you know, 
there seems to be a trend going in that direction where people are wanting a little bit more um, personality in uh, their own creative vision in their work. Um, so that's encouraging, but, you know, I don't, I, I'm trying to, I try to live in the present and just take each day as it comes and focus yeah. on myself and do what I do and what other people do and what they argue about and whatever they're doing uh, doesn't impact what I do and how I interact with nature and what I point my camera at. So Fantastic. I just, uh, that's been working for me. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Right. What do you like to do when you're not uh, doing photography? Is there anything else? <laughs> um, that's, that's, ah, you know, and that that's kind of what my life is. My life is photography. Um, you know, and there's a, there's something to be said about that. You know, like now that I do it for a living, I feel like all I do is think about work and photography. Um, and I don't get much of an escape for it, which also, you know, might be playing into why I haven't posted an image on my website since 2021. Oh, sure. Um, but that's, you know, that's basically become my life is photography. Um, I like watching hockey. Okay. Um, that's, uh, so when, when it's hockey season, you know, I have a, I who, who do you follow? Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. That's where I grew up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're actually playing right now, which is why I asked you if you wanted to do this a little earlier. It's the playoff race. <laughs> um, got a little but, window on the on the screen watching the the game as we go. Uh, no comment. <laughs> it, it may or may not be the end of the first period and two nothing um, for the New Jersey Devils, uh, but we won't talk about it. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I I'm a pretty simple person. I like photography i like nature um going on hikes with my girlfriend and my son and you know that's that's pretty much what i do uh, fantastic Come life. is there anyone else you think i should be talking to on the podcast um yeah uh uh mike demiola um who oh. uh has taken a workshop with me um he actually uh reached out for a private workshop one year um, and it was a bad year. We had a lot of forest fires. So a lot of the locations yeah. that we were planning to go, um, were smoked out. So I was like, are you up for camping? And he's like, yeah, I was like, so I took him to my place where, um, I actually, uh, run a, a an intimate workshop there where it's like it, that, you know, a lot of people are like, how do you, you know, people ask me like clients are like, how do you see and do what you do? Um, and the easiest way for me to do that is to take them to the place where like that is where I do it the most yeah, and to so, like okay. and it's basically just immersing yourself in so anyway I took him to this location um and he's only been photographing for a few years but his uh creative vision and his his eye are really good so Mike Demiola um let's see I'm gonna butcher the word because it's uh he's from Catalonia um and but it's a Jauma Jorens Okay. Um, J U M E, I believe it is. Uh, he has some really interesting work. Um, Jared Armijo, who goes on Instagram by Away I Flew, he's really interesting to talk to about his work and yeah. the way that he uh, sees things. Um, I think those those people would be really really cool to talk to. Talk to. Brilliant, thank you. Yep. I've got one controversy that we've always tried to get to the bottom of in this uh, podcast. Do you Let's like do pineapple on pizza? No. <laughs> no it's not a thing no no it, it shouldn't exist no it's Fair it's right. pineapple like you're you're ruining both the pineapple and the pizza like <laughs> eat the pineapple and eat the pizza but like to eat them together 
Um, I, I, know, I know that's a hot topic, and I'm definitely a, a no pineapple on pizza type person. My girlfriend, she's she she's like she'll put like um, is it philistine? I always make we always joke about it because she'll like take like the two most opposing features. She's like, but it's salty and sweet. I'm like, all right, well, put some anchovies in your milkshake because it's salty and sweet. Go ahead, there you go, eat it. Salty and sweet that works, doesn't it? it works, doesn't it? Um, just because it's like salty and sweet doesn't mean it's good. Um, but no, no, no pineapple on pizza. Get out oh, of here. Thank you. What about you? <laughs> what about you, though? Me? Uh, if it's on there, I won't pick it off, but I won't order it. So yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably pick it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it, but uh, you know, I, I won't go out of my way to get it. It's, right. it's not, it's not on my order list. I've got a, there's a particular pizzeria here nearby that uh, does, it's. Uh, it's their special pizza, and you know it's it, it's pretty good. You could Gar- be a po- politician. You could be a politician with that answer here. I Satisfying could, both sides. Got to keep got to keep both sides happy. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to talk to me today, uh, TJ. It's been absolutely wonderful getting to know you. Where can people find your work? Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, tjthorne underscore photography, I believe it is. Uh, my website is tjthornephotography.com. Um, those are the two places I post my work the most, or I'm on, on Twitter, which is Twitter, um, but uh, at tjthorne underscore photo. But basically just Google tjthorne with an E at the end, and you'll be able to find me. Um, but yeah, no, I really appreciate you uh, talking to me about this. It was a good chat. I was, I always have a... I'm always nervous to do these things. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Um, but it was a, you did a good job. It was a nice, easy conversation. You asked a lot of really good questions. So uh, thanks oh, for getting me here. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, I try to make it as easy as possible to to have the conversation because to me, you know, this whole thing is about having those conversations. And you know, I I, I do say to some people, you know, it's just you and me talking. No one else will hear it. You know, but yeah. <laughs> I know that yeah. there's there's a couple of listeners out there. So, <laughs> well, you're easy to talk to. So, thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Vero, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon.